0: We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go.
1: I always love that even when things start, turn out a certain way, Aaron, they always get resolved bigger and better, especially with Mr. Pete Koch we're interviewing today.
2: Yeah, this will be a fun one today. I get to flip the uh, the script on Pete. I was on his YouTube show a while back. <laughs> he, he, my did turn an, now.
1: he did an awesome job with you, and uh, I'm
2: digging his show. It's awesome. Pete's yeah, it the uh, epitome of health and longevity.
0: Pete, are you there? Yes, good to be with you.
2: Ah, It's great
1: to have you here. And uh, for all of the listeners that are listening here, live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5, Pete Koch, I'm going to tell you, what a list of accomplishments. Host, actor, fitness expert, retired NFL defense end, creator of, and the host of Breaking It Down with Pete Koch. Is there anything else?
0: Well, I'm just I'm just trying to contribute, do my thing, to to give back. I've had a I've had a, a blessed life, and I appreciate that introduction. But uh, you know, when I, I got to a certain point in in my life, where I, I mean, I've, my entire life, adult life, I've been interested in physical fitness and helping people, and I uh, I realized that um, that that's probably my calling. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I have many interests in my life. But fitness is, uh, means uh, the world to me. I'm passionate about it. And for, for many successful, very smart people, uh, the fitness component of their life is missing. And um, I'm, I'm just trying to uh, touch as many people as I can and, uh, and help them out.
1: If we can just recap on something that's very interesting. You're from Long Island. What brought you to California? California.
0: When I was in high school, I was uh, a, a member of a, a local bodybuilding gym in in Lindbrook. Uh, for those folks familiar with that area, and uh, and I was using I was interested in bodybuilding as a teenager, and I also knew that it would uh, benefit me uh, this, the strength training and the building of the body because I was I was real thin. Very tall, but real thin as a 16-year-old when I first joined this gym, and I uh, was uh, I was I was that kid that played whatever uh, uh, season it was. If it was the spring, I was playing baseball. If it was the winter, I was playing basketball. In the fall, I was playing football, and I knew that I needed to get stronger. And uh, my football coach who uh played a uh, line he was a offensive lineman at the naval academy he was the center for the the legendary roger Staubach. and he said to me pete you've got to get stronger got to get stronger so we had a little crummy weight room in the gym but uh i joined this bodybuilding gym because i wanted to get with the with the with the, with the big boys you know there i met uh guy that was uh building his body and he was about 10 years older than me and he was like a big kind of like a big brother that was our relationship and his name is perry and he was an actor in new york city he had a side hustle like most all actors he had a, a small he was you know he was a small business owner but perry and i became fast friends and fast forward uh, after college, so go five years forward, uh, you know, because I went from high school to the University of Maryland, played football there, was captain of the football team there, and then I went to the NFL. And Perry and I always stayed in touch during that time he'd moved. Uh, he really wanted to uh, to go and get into Hollywood. and You know, it's just, I, I, it's calling me. I, I've done everything I can do in New York City. I did some plays and commercials. And he moved, and then he got me excited about the prospect of acting in the off season in the nfl off season that's kind of the beauty of uh playing in the nfl we've got the uh, of all the major professional team sports football pro- uh, allows for the the most flexibility to get some things done for about five six months depending on uh if you want if your team went to the playoffs or not but uh so i'd have about i'd be able to commit five months a year to acting and he got me started and off, off I went.
2: Aaron. I mean, that's impressive to me <clears throat> I never knew much about Pete's NFL career. Um, so that's it, cool hearing about how that whole thing came about and why he moved to LA. Cause I've only actually known Pete since I moved to LA actually. And we met at golds in Venice. So um, what do you think? What do you think about uh, football now versus when you played Pete?
0: You know the the game of football. I, look, I'm 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 so biased. I I'm so passionate about the game. I've seen in in the 35 years since I played in the NFL, I've seen the the the, the pro football game, and for that matter, the college football game game uh, increase in popularity. You know, I couldn't be any any happier about both because I'm big believers in these games, and I compare them to the other. Uh, professional team sports baseball and, and basketball and uh and nfl football is gone racing past the others in popularity i think there's a uh, uh, plenty of, of of good reasons why that is i think it's it's interesting that it, it's a game that you don't have to have played yourself to appreciate and uh that and that's why you know a, a solid 50% of all the, the great fans of the national football team. One of their teams of the national football league are women. Women aren't playing very, very few women are ever going to play contact football, but, uh, there's something about the competitive nature of the game, the way people, I think people are attracted to see, uh, teams, large teams, 11 versus 11 and understanding the, the amount of, uh, teamwork and discipline that goes into executing, uh, a good football play. It's, uh, there's a, there's many reasons to be attracted to the game. And, uh, I couldn't be happier, uh, not only for the success of the NFL right now, but, uh, in particular, Hey, the Kansas city chiefs who won the super bowl this past year. <laughs> and that's where I spent most of my career. I spent one season with the Cincinnati Bengals, four seasons, uh, with the Kansas city chiefs. And then I finished with the Raiders and uh, it wasn't, the, you know, you kind of, when you first get in a league, you figure, yeah, I'm probably going to end up with one team, you know, kind of be kind of cool to go the whole time with one team, but because I got cut by a couple of teams and then, you know, kind of moved around and played for three teams. It was a blessing because I was exposed to three different organizational styles, three different great cities. And, all the, uh, three different sets of teammates and coaches. And at the end of the day, it's really all about those relationships and the ability to learn from other people, kind of grow yourself personally, because these are formative years, you know, you're just a guy in your twenties. So that turned out to be a blessing. I mean, the fact that I finished with the Raiders, that was when they were in Los Angeles. That's the Howie Long, Marcus Allen, if if people, uh, might remember those days. And, um, that organization has, uh, Still, uh, an important place in my life because the Raiders have a a very um, a truly outstanding uh, alumni program. So they stay in touch uh, better than any other uh, of the thirty-two uh, NFL teams. They they are great about staying in touch and um, honor, sort of honoring uh, their al- alumni. So the Raiders alumni organization is is outstanding, and I'm and I'm just couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it.
2: Well, you, I guess you'll be coming to Vegas more now in my hometown because uh, that's, <laughs> that's where they are. I man. Will. The, the practice, the practice stadium is actually right down the street from where I live.
0: Oh man, that's that's awesome! I can't wait to see it. In, in actuality, uh, there was a there was a a program the uh, it, that should have gone off about six weeks ago. It was in my schedule because the the Raiders alumni uh, president had. Um invited all of us former raiders to a private tour of the the brand new stadium so they were going to bring everybody from no matter where you live they were going to fly you to uh vegas put us up at a hotel show us around the stadium take you know the 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 organization picks up the tab for this uh make sure the guys were fed and having a good time and unfortunately due to covet that, that that got canceled so um, yeah, that's disappointing, but um, I'm, I'm very excited. It's going to be kind of weird, I guess, to watch uh, games this year without uh, anybody in the seats, but uh, the main thing is um, that if uh, the season can actually happen, if these guys can can play, um, I'm, I'm excited for that because, uh, hey, we all need something to cheer for these days. So that's my hope. Yeah,
2: there's something very American about just having – football playing on uh on sunday even if you're not doing anything but listening to it in the background the whistles and i'm i'm really curious to see how like you just said how it's going to look with uh with no crowd because i mean that's the that's the biggest part of all the of all the sound is hearing the hearing the crowd cheer and boo and all that stuff
0: I think it's going to look, I think it's going to look, uh, a little bit weird, but I, my, my feeling is, you know, just thinking of it a little bit with my, the, my eye that I had trained as an actor is I think that if they can, uh, what I, I mean, what I would do if I was, uh, directing, uh, or, you know, uh, an NFL production, which is really what it is because at the end of the day, the NFL and the reason that these guys can make these, uh, outstanding salaries is because it's such a successful TV product. It's what it is. That's what, that's yeah. what, that's what enables the owners to make that much money and then go ahead and, 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 uh, and pass some of that uh, off in compensation to the players because it's so successful on TV. But when, you know, there's lots of things that you can sort of fudge in filmmaking. If you've got uh, a couple actors creating dialogue, for example, in, uh, in, in, in a, a house but the set isn't isn't very impressive and uh, you want to kind of fudge that, you know, all you got to do is kind of, you know, change the lighting, make sure it's kind of the the background lighting is, is dark, pushing closer on the actors, more and more super tight cowboy type of, uh, of uh, camera angles. And I suspect they'll do that. They'll come really close down on the players and the team. And really try to not get any wider than the sidelines. But the only time for sure, like when there's punts and kicks and and the cameras typically track the ball when it's way up in the air, you know, then it'll be evident uh, that there's nobody in in the stands. But I think there's a number of things that I would expect that the uh, production to do to um, to kind of eliminate that distraction from the audience and focus just focus on the on the play so i'm hoping to see that i think it's going to be okay
2: i'm looking forward to seeing it <clears throat> and i know we're a little bit crunched on time i wanted to ask you two questions pete one how often do you get compared to richard gear in terms of your looks and two what was it like filming heartbreak ridge with uh with clint eastwood because before i joined the marine corps uh i must have watched heartbreak ridge probably at least a dozen times, and obviously you were the. It's funny looking back now, not knowing, you know who you were at the time. But now that we're friends, and I'd love to hear a little about the Heartbreak Ridge story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. the uh, The Richard Gear thing is 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 interesting. That started happening when I was in my twenties. And if you can, if you're old enough to sort of back on this, or if you're any age and you've ever seen uh, um, an officer and a gentleman. And then you, well, you'd know that uh, Richard Gere through the 80s was late 70s and 80s was a giant movie star. And uh, people would tell me that uh, mainly it was sort of the look ahead. Uh, he and I had a resemblance in the eyes in particular. It's very flattering. Um, but he's I guess he's about 15 years older than me. but um, And nowhere, nowhere Gigolo, near as good
2: shape as you are, by the way. So
0: knows. <laughs> yeah oh thanks yeah yeah he's uh but between american gigolo and officer and a gentleman uh, that he if you you, you know uh, you're i'm old enough to remember uh, firsthand what a giant uh movie star he was so that's that's a that's a compliment i i continue to hear that uh and uh it's always been kind of fun hey you uh Anybody ever tell you you look like Richard <laughs> Gere? Thousands of times, you know, but it's, I I'll, I'll just say, oh, you know what? I've heard that uh, a couple times, but because, but it's been thousands of times, but uh, not bad, not bad. So appreciate that. Heartbreak Ridge was uh, an enormous blessing and one that keeps on giving. And I certainly couldn't have known. That day, I, again, the reason I, I ever moved to Los Angeles was my buddy Perry from uh, Rabs Gym in Limbrook, uh, Long Island, and he uh, encouraged me. I got an agent. This was the second, the second, first, the first uh, off-season that uh, in the first year, I had, it just this was just so crazy. I was just so fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, because, you know, for anybody out there who's ever thought, man, I'd like to get into that business. How the heck do I get in that business? Uh, to get the, first of all, you have to be in some way, shape or form in position to be successful. And there's an expression I like, and I talk about it all the time when I talk to my folks uh, when it comes to physical fitness. and uh, But it also pertains to so many things in life in that if you most you know, many, many things in life you're going to need somebody to assist you to, on that journey. For example, actors do not work in isolation. They work with agents. They work with representation. It could be an agent, it could be a manager. And those are the people that, need, that you need in your life. Most times, not always, but as an actor, it's just about every single person is, is highly dependent upon their, their representation, who is that? What and what is the job of of that agent to position you for success, to give you a chance, and that's what my agent did. Because if you don't have any representation, it's going to be very difficult to, to, to get any progress. And so I had, and agents come in all different forms. Some are, uh, living multi million dollar houses and having, you know, live in uh, gigantic offices on the fortieth, you know, floor in Century City, and others our entry-level agencies. i had an entry as an entry-level actor i had an entry-level agent god bless him joe kokowitz and he uh but he saw an audition available for a movie they were casting at warner brothers in uh, 19, this was 1985 and it had this had no details did not have a name and it didn't say who the star of the movie was or the director now this is how hollywood works sometimes some more more times than not it'll say you know hey this is a richard Gere movie and it's being directed by so-and-so but this was the case it was a mystery who knew why but uh, he submitted my picture and resume my resume it had nothing on it It had my name my height (laughs) my weight (laughs) and uh you gotta try to fudge something when you uh you don't have anything to put on there and uh, but he but uh, something resonated with the casting people uh, it was Phyllis Huffman over at Warner Brothers at the time big big casting person and I got an audition so Joe my agent says hey guess what you got an audition drive over to Warner Brothers tomorrow and uh, by the way here's the sides the sides are the part por- a portion a small portion of uh, the script uh where the dialogue is that the casting agent wants to see you read and, and trade dialogue so it was uh five or six pages and i was oh boy i gotta learn these lines and uh well sweetie we know doesn't ha- have too many lines but uh there's a few lines for me to learn so i was nervous as hell but i drove over to uh warner brothers the next day with my sides in my hand and um I'd never been on the lot before and I asked the security person, can you tell me how to get to this building? Oh yeah, you gotta go here, go to uh, studio twenty-one, make a right, and then then you'll see the sound stage fifteen make a left, right there. So I get there and I walk in. It's like a figure it's like a Tuesday afternoon, and it's you know, about a ninety-five degrees out, and I walk in this room. But to read for the role of Swede, I knew that I had the sides in front of me. And I walk in, and there's 40 guys as big as me. And I'm not small. So, right I, at that time, I'm 6'6, 290 pounds. And I walk in, there's 40 guys packed, packed, and standing out of the full of chairs, standing, hovering around the outside. Everybody read every buddy had to sit was reading for Swede. I mean, it was guys up to as tall as like 6'10. Nobody was shorter than about 6'5. There was some guys 300, 320 pounds, bodybuilders, wrestlers. Incredible, like bigger, bigger than an NFL locker room full of guys. I'm like, wow, huh? Because the script read 6'7, 285 pounds. Okay, well. I'm you know, at that time like six six two eighty five two ninety, pretty close. But all these guys were close, and that was the first audition. And that doesn't even count the guys that had already auditioned that day, and the guys when I was walking back to my car were streaming in to get to to get their chance to audition. Well, I got a call back two days later. I got a call. Hey, guess what? Go back to that. You're going back to over to the Warner Brothers lot. And uh, they they want to have you do it again. So I went back in. Now there's a smaller group of guys. And uh, I just did the same thing. I had my lines memorized. And I did my thing. And uh, about a week goes by. And then my agent says, I think this thing is dead. I haven't heard anything. But then a couple more days go by. And he calls me. And he says, you got it. It's unbelievable, bro. You won't believe this. He goes, and he goes not only are you in this movie, this is a Clint Eastwood movie. Because then, then they they had to spill the beans and say they were being quiet um because they didn't want so many people trying to, you know, get into the audition for a Clint Eastwood movie. That's why they keep it quiet. And uh, but then I learned and then uh I don't know, see, three weeks later, I was down in uh at Camp Pendleton in San Diego, and uh I was I was making a movie. Yeah
2: that's so freaking cool yeah that, that had to have been pretty intimidating for a a first time audition
0: going there and oh my a, god scared to death yeah in the midst of that many people
1: it didn't show yeah. in the film it sure didn't show
0: oh thanks no yeah once you know the boy I tell you the work is the, the, the stressful part is uh, it's true it's really the audition um, and that's where actors uh, really work to build a career and and i've i've certainly had a wow man a big 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 sweeping highs and sweeping lows where i i do was a point uh, over the years where i i i had about seventy auditions seventy five auditions for a mixture of television work and film and commercials and I went oh for seventy five and I thought whatever it takes, I don't have it I you know, and this was This was years after Heartbreak Ridge. So it was, it's been a very, uh, very challenging career. uh, Sometimes no reason to the madness. But that's, but that, to to keep auditioning so that you book something on the 76th audition, that's like, um, that's where I feel like I've earned my money because I, I, I hung in there. I continued acting classes, I continued reading uh i continued to be you know a careful observer of people and and um, to really dive into filmmaking and educate myself on you know what are the details to to be a better actor yeah you know, i know i needed to learn a lot more just because i had an early success with being cast in heartbreak ridge i mean no one's ever gonna say wow you know uh, the swede uh, what a what a dramatic character he was! He was amazing. <laughs> it really wasn't the case, right? I'm aware of that, but I w- I was the right guy, I fit the bill. You know, it was casting, and uh, and that's been such a blessing. And and really, and I'll and I'll say this: Aaron's heard me say this before, but uh, I'll I'll always say it is: it associated me with the United States military in a way that. I'm eternally grateful to. I I uh, I was like probably most uh, kids, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s without a military uh, and without any military folks in in my in my family or my background. Uh, I but my my father actually my father fought in World War World War II uh, and he and he was in the army and he served in Europe for 18 months, but. For some reason that I, I'll never find out, yeah, he didn't like to talk about it. He didn't like to talk about the war. And he never talked about it, um, which is a shame, you know. But uh, he didn't. So I had i was sort of been different about the military, and uh, but once I once I began working on on Heartbreak Ridge, and working with the real uh, recon marine uh, folks that uh, served as our not only uh they served as, as background extras in the film but there was about what, i think about six or eight guys that they cast that were with us all the time and so they were part of our unit so they were uh they, they did the background stuff and they did double duty as technical technical advisors to guys like me which which um and so we all were uh, as actors were indebted to um sure so we, we, we we actors didn't get things you know perfect uh, technically, but but uh, within a short span of time, they kind of made sure that we were a safe with these weapons. And uh, uh, even though there was no live rounds, of course, but uh, but uh, you can still do damage with um for sure, you know, with blanks. And that w- we were safe, and that uh, the things that we were um, doing um, looked 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 pretty uh, looked pretty uh, a okay. So I got a great appreciation for the military. Uh, all branches of the military don't forget the coast guard like my coast guard buddy always says (laughs) (laughs) and uh right and um and uh, you know god bless them for what they do so uh and i always uh you know i I try always to um because i've had people you know reach out to me through social media my website um it's never stopped uh prior military most mean mainly marines but but from every branch and say that uh, they remember me from heartbreak ridge and it had some influence on maybe maybe joining the military or working out and uh or just creating an awareness uh to the marine corps and uh i, I feel re- somewhat responsible because this is a job that um not everybody uh lives through actually so Unfortunately, so I've, uh, I feel a responsibility to that. I'm always trying to say, uh, like I said to Aaron, I think on a few occasions, thank you for your service. And I mean that. And That's, that's the best I can do. I've got a, a, a complete and utter respect for the folks that because uh, it's all volunteer, you know, that that uh, that work and to, to serve and protect us Americans through the military. And I thank all of them for their service.
2: I appreciate that, Pete. And <clears throat> in, in the Marine Corps, especially the the movie Heartbreak Ridge is, I mean, it's become a classic. You can't deny it. And even my old commanding officer, I think he follows you on Instagram because I've seen him like some of your stuff, or he's mentioned you before. Two full hun tactical. That's my old uh, commanding officer back in DC. Mm, but uh, okay, it seems like you're doing good, man. Every time I turn the TV on, you, you pop up on some new commercial. I think the last one I saw was. Uh, there was some sleep commercial you just did. And before that it was Kay's Jewelers. And I think there's another one recently yeah. that came out too.
0: And it was Apple, Apple spot. Yeah. yeah and I've, that's right. I've, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I've been, uh, I've been blessed that way. And, and I, uh, yeah, continue. So there's a little bit of work out there uh, in, in Hollywood's kind of coming back a uh, bit, bit, uh, bit by bit, I should say. And uh, yeah, I think uh, and hope that you'll, see uh more of me there it's a challenging time you know for all of us hollywood is 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 no different um but no i uh, appreciate that it's um it's um it's sticking with it through through thick and thin so and i know you're in the business so you've seen the challenges of it but it's also a business that's can be terrible uh, terribly rewarding you know, you gotta say, what in the world keeps me keeps me going and keep going to all these auditions and uh, it's because I, you know, I I you know, I just had a self-tape audition, so that's, for those who don't know, so uh, actors these days, almost 99% of the time we we t- uh, tape ourselves with a smartphone it just about, every actor needs a tripod and a in a wall that that, that that that's free of any uh pictures on it so that you know it's got a neutral background so that you can you can audition uh yourself and send that uh, through your agency for whatever the audition is for whether it's a tv show a film or a commercial and i i put one together this morning so this is the nature of the business now so it continues to move forward uh, in a in a in a, a different way, but a very practical way. Self taping, you're isolated, and you just you're just recording your performance, forecasting director uh, on your own. Sometimes I rally somebody up to help me out with that, but today I did it all by myself. That's that's where the business is at is at now. And I've also got a stunt, for example, a stunt coordinator buddy that's uh, starting a film in Vegas actually uh, next week. So. Uh, that's exciting. I mean, that means it's, 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 it's starting to happen. It's going to be, the sets will be uh, quite uh, different. I shot a commercial a month ago and there was everyone was social distancing and wore a mask. And as the actor, I would, I was the only one removing my mask and I only did that, you know, right before the director said action. So all of this is possible. feels a little bit, you know, weird to do it until, until you do it. And, uh, but, uh, but we keep pushing forward. So we're getting there. I'm excited for that. No one said it would be easy.
2: I'm chomping at the bit too, just to get back to work. I mean, this is the longest I've not worked or been on a set. And I mean, since I got in the business, it's really, uh, it's really weird. I mean, especially since I moved to Vegas too, just being kind of disconnected, but that's the beauty of where things are right now is that we're able to still do the auditions, you know, in the... In, in your own home in your office and submit them that's what i'm, I'm mm-hmm. grateful for now so i have a feeling those auditions are going to start flooding in for everybody soon
0: yeah it, we're getting it's it's happening and uh no it is it is very exciting and my uh as uh, as aaron knows uh, my, uh, my, a, a great um friend and and, and loyal uh Personal training client of mine. I really, I'm really not looking to so, so much take on personal training clients, uh, but I help people with their training programs online. But um, but it's an actor named Benicio del Toro who won the Academy Award for a film named Traffic. And people might know him from Sicario or uh, a number of films, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Speaking of Las Vegas, but he's uh, he was supposed to begin a movie uh, March 1st, and he's now starting it uh september 1st so that's that's like a hard green light go for him and uh i'm excited for him i'm helping him get into shape now and he's 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 hopeful that it's going to be very safe very organized a little bit different but uh when you know actors of his caliber are getting back to work and, and that'll be like what like five weeks I think he'll he starts that's good news for all of us.
1: I have to say this to you, Pete, you still look freaking phenomenal. And there's three soap operas I cannot believe you were not on, or at least casted for. All my children, days of our lives, and young and a restless. Especially young and a restless. How the hell did you not land a role, or why didn't anyone land you a role on there?
0: Well, here's, here's a quick uh, uh, young and restless uh, story for you. Uh, oh, man. It was two years ago that I had a non-speaking role. It was fine. The, it, it paid like a speaking role, but it was just a day on the young and the restless. The young and the restless. Old and Beautiful. I got it mixed up, but the one they, they shoot here in uh, in uh, at, at CBS, and um, I, so I spent it I, in, in in previously. I altogether, I've worked in a, in a not 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 a recurring or regular role, but as as a day player role on uh, three different soap operas. I've probably done a sum total of about eight days of work most of that was back about 15 20 years ago but i recently again just just two years ago i was back on that set and here's the thing the sets are compact the if you notice the actors really don't move anywhere when they walk into the living room it's like two steps and then they <laughs> planted right and then they start you know trading dialogue and then when they walk away the camera cuts off they don't go anywhere i mean everything's really Small. It's compact. It's just the, the nature of, of, of this uh, uh, of this uh you know style of of of, of, um, of filmmaking, right? It's just a soap opera, and and this this day you know it's daytime drama, and um, I you take a someone my size, it like triples it on this set. I'm just saying, it's just a, I look like a just giant and they've got all these lovely the most beautiful people and uh, these little model type people and i mean that in a, in, a, in a loving way by the way my respect for for daytime drama actors is beyond beyond and i'll take I, 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 well, uh, uh, one quick story on that is lorenzo llamas i remember him. i've known i've known right i did the pilot episode i was the guest star bad guy on the pilot episode of renegade Lorenzo show that ran for eight seasons. They shoot that. They used to shoot that down in San Diego and he and I've been friends ever since we stay in touch and he's done so many different things in his career, but he spent a year and a half on a soap opera. Forgot which one about he's, that's going back about six, eight years. And I said to him, how in the world could you remember all that dialogue? <laughs> Cause it's a, it's incredible. I just don't have that, that, the mind to to remember all that dialogue I mean these people have to learn like 15 pages a day the the regular characters it's mind boggling and he said it was the hardest thing he ever did and he'd walk around all weekend with the script in his back pocket and every time he had five minutes he was trying to learn his lines he said it was incredibly difficult and uh, and time consuming but um, so I'm not really cut out to do daytime and I'm just too big that's not a big man's place <laughs> i don't think but uh i had total an odd respect for the the actors that take on it's a very very uh challenging category of uh, professional acting
1: yeah, completely understand one
2: hmm. well, i know we're i know we're a little short on time pete i wanted to ask one more <clears throat> question before you have to get off about uh about your social media. Cause you do this thing called, uh, uh, you know, 30 seconds making you better. Making you better. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, what, what was, what was the inspiration behind doing that? And, and have you, have you seen, uh, what you've done with it grow? Because it seems like you've developed somewhat of a following just from doing those videos and you've interviewed some really cool people out at goals in Venice. Um,
0: yeah.
2: so I dig well, what you're yeah, doing. No,
0: Thank you for that. And, uh, it's, 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 uh yeah, I, I call it making you better 30 seconds at a time. And uh, it's, it, they're basically fitness tips. So uh, there's a uh, Instagram, you can go longer now. But initially when Instagram Instagram was around is the maximum length of the, when they added video. At first, it was just pictures. But then a few years ago, they added video. And the maximum you can go is 59 seconds, 60 seconds. And then I thought to uh, – I said to myself, what if I – How can I? Boy, they're adding video, and at the same time, I had you know different thoughts going through my head because I had read a quote by Albert Einstein, and I just I couldn't get rid of it, and uh, it was he said, "Aspire not to be a man of wealth, rather aspire to be a man of value—not wealth, but value." And I was like, I've been so blessed to know I've had great mentors in fitness. I've got a lot of formal education in physical fitness, strength training, and fat loss, and, and, and changing the body composition. And I also have a, a fair amount of education and, and passion for a positive psychology way of positive thinking and when you put those two together it's very very powerful when you're working with people when you're working when you're training yourself and and also when you're trying to help people professionally as a trainer you've got to keep it positive especially people that are overweight with you know 72 percent of the adult population in the united states is overweight 42 percent is obese so they're not usually real happy you know with things there's a lot going on there sort of emotionally often so I, I, was, I was thinking about Albert Einstein's quote, and I said to myself, maybe I could help people if I just give them a fitness tip. Let's see here. I've got 60 seconds to do it. Well, who's got 60 seconds? I, it's kind of a joke, but it's true. <clears throat> but could uh, So instead of saying making you bad, maybe I may give you a health tip or fitness tip. And if, it, if you can employ this, glean something from it and add it to your fitness or get motivated to work out, maybe, maybe I've helped you. And I certainly haven't charged you anything to do it, and so it's, it's, it's. I think it's got some value. So, uh, and I was going to call it making you better, sixty seconds at a time. And I thought I'll just say thirty seconds at a time. It sounds better anyway. But the clips are anywhere from thirty to you know sixty seconds, and then I I place them on, uh, uh, you know, usually two or three a week. Go out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and. Uh, LinkedIn actually is where I get the the biggest response. And, um, and it's been, it's been great. I've been doing it about two years now. And, you know, literally every day I get a message uh, from somebody saying, these, these mean a lot to me. These are getting, these videos are getting me off my ass and they're helping me. And I learned something, maybe a different way to hold a dumbbell while you're doing a a row exercise or a way to develop your back or whatever. It's just, it's just, it's all out there for, for people to try. I want people to be safe and happy and feel good. I know this, that when you're physically fit, you're going to be healthier. When you're healthier, you're going to be happier, happier people make you for a better society. I want people to be happy because I live in this society. Everybody, everybody benefits, all boats rise. So I want people to be fit I want them to be happy. These are the people that are around me in my life. I'm not a hermit. I don't live in isolation. I'm around people. We all need to be. And the happier they are, the better my life is going to be too. And I know how to help people get physically fit, which is a big, not the only one, but a big component of being healthy. So why not try this? Go ahead and take a look at making you better 30 seconds at a time. Employ something you see there. Share it with somebody who you think could benefit from it. That's all I'm trying to do.
2: Yeah, you you put out really great content, and it's not all just specifically focused around being in the gym either because I've seen you do stuff outdoors and with minimal minimal equipment and actually no equipment. So <clears throat> it's one of those things where you see this type of content on social media, which I think is so great because people can actually get stuff from it and, and at the same time question why, why am I sitting on the couch eating ice cream right now when I could be out doing something – to make myself better and, and, uh, and you give people tips on how to do
0: that so I love it thank you for that yeah I'm passionate about it
1: Pete thanks for uh, being here today and I it took a little over a year and a half uh, Aaron we uh, both know um, Pete and I know this uh, amazing photographer by the name of Ben that set us up and uh, it's quite interesting you know a year and a half later and now Pete's live
0: on power 98.5. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. Steve, Aaron, I appreciate you both. It's been my pleasure. Keep up the good work.
2: Thank I'll you. be back out to LA sometime, uh, beginning of September, end of August. So hopefully I'll see you then.
0: Absolutely. Keep you posted. We'll get out.
1: Pete, any okay. closing thoughts or anything you want, uh, the listeners to know about you and where they can find you?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, a Pete Koch, a P-E-T-E-K-O-C-H, just those eight letters. And if you can find me if you're uh, interested on social media. And I'm, I'm just trying to put a positive message out there. So uh, I'm trying to spread that word. I appreciate that very much. Thank you for that.
1: You deserve it. Pete Koch, everyone. You're listening to Live On Air with Stephen Cuoco with co-host Aaron Williamson on Power 98.5.
2: and let's connect.